Hello and welcome to Feature in a Short. My name is Justin Joseph Hall, director and editor for Four Wind Films. Feature in a Short is produced by Four Wind Films, a podcast where we discuss cinema. This episode is a technical podcast, so if you're not in the filmmaking business, this might not interest you as much and you can skip to one of our other podcasts where we talk directly about films. But this is more about making films and particularly setting up for post-production. And we want to thank you. This is our first episode been requested by a listener. Thank you to Bobby O'Brien, who requested this specific topic. Today, we'll be talking about the differences between choosing a hard drive for production and post-production for a feature or a short movie. The biggest difference between a feature and a short film is how much time you're really going to spend transcoding, exporting, and transferring to make backups. So when you have a feature, often you're exporting a lot more to show to executives. So export time, transcoding all the footage, all the transfer times, you want to have a hard drive that makes that a little bit faster. So that's the biggest thing that you're thinking about when you're buying a hard drive for a feature or a short movie, but it is much more important when you're making a feature. The number one thing when looking for a hard drive that I look for is the connection. You want to check, does your computer have the connection? If your computer does not have the connection, do you have the adapter so that your computer can take the connection? And what connections are the fastest? Okay, first off, I recommend having one of three connections nowadays in 2022. The first one is USB-C, which is the newest one. Number two is the Thunderbolt. The interface is only for Macs as well. There are different flavors of Thunderbolt. All of them are pretty fast. You obviously want to have the newer kind of Thunderbolt if possible. Your computer may or may not have the same kind of Thunderbolt connection. And number three is USB 3.0. And these are really the only three connections I use nowadays. All my older connections are way too slow for doing UHD footage or just working with modern day computers. Obviously, you can also use an Ethernet connection to a network. That works great. There's a lot of different kind of USB-C. USB 3.0 and 3.2, 3.1 are all available through USB-C, also Thunderbolt. So it's really just a connection that is a little more versatile and it can go up to 40 gigabits per second. The Thunderbolt connections can go anywhere from 10 gigabits per second. Thunderbolt 2 was 20, so it's twice as fast. And Thunderbolt 4.0 is 40 gigabits per second. The USB-C carries the 4.0, so that one also can go up to 40 gigabits per second, and USB 3.0, which is 5 gigabits per second. Then there's 3.1, which is 10 gigabits per second, which is the same as Thunderbolt 1. And then there's USB 3.2. It has two different generations, and the second generation, that one is 20 gigabits per second, so that's the same as Thunderbolt 2.0. So all of them are fairly fast. I try to be at least 20 gigabits per second if I can. I still do use a lot of 3.0 because the hard drives can be a lot cheaper using USB ports. So you do see a difference in prices. Just make sure you have one of those three connections and you should be okay for working on a short For the feature, I would look and make sure that you have at least 20 gigabits per second. It's going to save you a lot of time. So nowadays going for USB-C, unless your computer is really old and it doesn't have a port that is as fast. So if you don't have a USB 3.1 or if you don't have Thunderbolt 2.0 or higher, 
it might not make sense to buy the better drives. So the thing that really, really makes a difference if you're buying a feature, what I would suggest is working on some kind of RAID. A RAID stands for R-A-I-D, Redundant Array of Independent Disks. So there's a bunch of hard drives stuck together in an enclosure and you plug into that enclosure and the hard drives are stacked up or set next to each other. And so the computer can write to all these different hard drives at the same time and they're working in unison. And that really makes it a lot faster. It's like if you're trying to write something on a chalkboard and you have one person writing it out, it can only go as fast as the one person writing. But if you have four chalkboards and you're writing it in four different spots and working together, you're gonna get done a lot faster. So that's what RAIDs can do. They can work much, much faster, not necessarily four times faster, but it can really make a difference. And so there are different kinds of RAID setups on how to use these hard drives, but you should be always having three backups. They should be stored in three different locations on three separate hard drives. One reason why you wanna have a backup is say in case a natural disaster might happen or your apartment starts on fire or let's say something even simpler, your child accidentally knocks off your hard drives from the desk or whatever. If that happens to a RAID, it could possibly damage all of the hard drives. Let's say your sprinkler system went off and it floods the hard drive. All the RAIDs are stored together. Sometimes the RAIDs, because you have multiple hard drives, you can create a direct backup, a mirror on the RAID so it holds the information twice. That's called mirroring. It's part of a RAID called RAID 1. So that one I really do not suggest using. It's really sort of just a lazy way to do a backup. Then there's a RAID 5 where they spread redundancy allocated over several different drives. And um, with that redundancy, they're able to rebuild some of the hard drives if one hard drive would go down. That doesn't take up as much space as the RAID 1. It creates half the space that you actually have on the hard drive because it's just backing it up. RAID 5 doesn't do that. It's a little more complicated. You do have a backup, but a lot of times you have to rebuild it and stuff because things are compressed. So that one also is better. It's a little faster than RAID 1. And the fastest and the one that I would recommend if you're going for speed and if you're doing a feature is RAID 0. That one, they're using all of the hard drives to write everything on quickly. And so it really speeds up how fast your hard drive works. And on top of that, you have a vast amount of storage because you have multiple hard drives in an enclosure. You're not backing up anything on that hard drive. You're just using it for speed. When you're working on a feature, that speed can save you hours and hours of work and exporting. That's where if you're working on a feature, you're gonna save a lot of money through that assistant editor if you have a RAID 0 because it's that much faster. Same thing with the faster connections. So investment upfront can save a lot of money later. Now these RAIDs cost a lot more. Some of the better RAIDs that are out there that I would suggest, they're huge. They can be up to 70, 80 terabytes, but they might cost $5,000. On top of that, you're still gonna get, have to get backups. The backups don't need to be quite as fast. You don't need a RAID for one of your backups, so you can still get the cheaper drives for those backups. But using the RAID as your main drive will really speed up your exporting time. And the reason why you don't want to backup or do any of those mirroring RAIDs is because, again, you want to bring that to a separate location where it can't flood and wipe out all of your drives. One of my favorite RAIDs is something called a G-RAID shuttle. It comes in a giant package and can get an 80 terabyte. You can store up to two to three features on it, and it costs $4,500.
So that's pretty big. You can get a smaller version of that too. That's $2,100, which is 24 terabytes. So you're paying a lot of money per terabyte there. I mean, you're investing a lot of money up front for your main drive. You can really get four terabytes for about 120 bucks with a solid connection. But the RAIDs, it really just allows you to have a really giant hard drive that can hold everything that you need on it. Right now, in fall of 2022, an eight terabyte hard drive you can even get for about $150. If you're getting more of a professional one, let's say a G-RAID or something, you can get a 12 terabyte for 600. So that's $50 per terabyte, which is pretty good. It's about half the price that it was 10 years ago or so. With the RAIDs, you're paying more than that, but in turn, you get the speed of the multiple drives being hooked up together. So if you're on a really tight budget, you could not do that. But again, if you're working on a feature film, you're gonna pay, pay for it later with assistant editors or just turnaround time. So I would recommend buying a RAID Zero for a feature film and then buying smaller backups and separating those backups. Now let's talk quickly just about brands. What are the brands that I think are decent? Uh, number one, G-RAID is probably the most common drive. The cheapest kind of drives that I always find that I like, that I've never really had an issue with, is Seagate. It's always cheap. They always have decent connections. They're sold under many different brands, including their own name, Seagate. A lot of times, just the enclosure is somebody else's brand, and the inside is the Seagate. There's also Lacie drives, which are made more for Macs. We also were talking about what hard drives you should buy for the field, because mostly I've been talking about post-production so far, but really the main standard for the field are the Lacy Ruggeds. They almost never break. That's why they're called Ruggeds. They have the signature orange padded bumper on them. We send those in the mail. They're great designs. You can find great connections with them, some that are self-powered, some that can be plugged in. Most of them aren't. I usually use Lacie's Ruggeds or maybe a little bit bigger G-Rate if I have a, like a good DIT station if I'm on set. The other great brand is OWC. Isn't as popular, but they're excellent and they make great drives. I usually try to buy different kind of brands for each project uh, to diversify the backups because you never know if you buy all the same type of hard drives, they might all break at the same time. Maybe there's some glue that dissolves after a certain amount of time that they use in this certain batch. Even if it's a great company and you trust them, like G-Raid, you might want to get one Seagate as a backup or something else. That's just my philosophy. Most people don't do that, but I do like to switch it up a little bit. I would say any of those brands are what I would recommend. If you have a drive that has its own power source, they're much less taxing on a computer. They're not taking up your battery, especially if you're editing off of a laptop, you know, for smaller gigs, for shorts. Those things drop power, can slow your computer down. In general, one other reason why we suggest the RAIDs is it's better to have less drives plugged in. More drives can mean that there's more indexing going on in the background, more different connections that your computer's thinking about and running processes through. And so the more drives that you have plugged in, the more errors that can happen in your computer and cause crashes in your software. The good thing about, you know, not having a plug into the wall is that you're not stuck to that wall. That's why they're often brought to the field, especially with documentaries. That's why the ruggeds are suggested and used so many times. But when you do not plug it into the wall, it's a lot more likely that the drive may randomly eject. That could corrupt the drive. That could make it fail. That's really bad. Obviously, you can lose footage. I have seen people 
almost lose footage that way. The other thing that you can look for is if you do want to have multiple drives and let's say you're working on a short and you don't have that many connections, you might want to buy a hard drive that can daisy chain. And daisy chaining is just being able to plug another hard drive into another hard drive and they'll both mount on your computer. It's not used as much as it used to be. Now a lot of times you buy like a USB port or an extension. We talked a little bit about pricing, but when you're looking at pricing, I would always look at how much does it cost for a terabyte of storage. Also, just another tip, who is going to keep the hard drives when the project is done? Is the client, are you going to keep it? How are you going to plan to keep it in three different places for your backups? If there's going to be leftover hard drive space, are you going to be able to use this for another project? If so, that means you can carry it over to another project later. So I would always say get the best bang for your buck on storage space. And that usually means buying the largest storage space for the kind of hard drive that you chose. LTO tapes are another storage for backups. Uh, these are great. The cheapest, you get 12 terabytes for about $25. LTO tapes are not to be edited off of. They're just for backups. It's kind of annoying to update them. So a lot of times we use LTO tapes once we're archiving a project and putting it on the shelf. LTO tapes are really loud and noisy. They're a lot slower because they're actually using magnetic strips of tape to store all of the information. They are supposed to last a lot longer than hard drives because they're on tape, whereas the hard drives can wear down after a decade or so, where the LTO tapes are said to last about 25 years. The expensive part about the LTO tape is the machine it takes to use them. You need to have a special connection and special software to put information on LTO tapes. Those cost about $5,000 to get started. So most people send it off somewhere for them to put it on the LTO tapes and store it. One place I would suggest is our company, Catravant. We don't charge too much for LTO tapes. We'll store it in a climate controlled area in Minnesota and we'll keep that for you and get it ready for you whenever you need. The other thing to think about is exporting to another drive from where your footage is uh, can be a lot faster because you are not reading and writing to the same drive. You're reading from one drive and writing to another. No matter what, when you're buying hard drives, the main thing is before you start, always, always put hard drive in your budget. Look up the hard drive that you might want to buy ahead of time. Maybe give yourself a little buffer. But that brings us to the end of the podcast. If you guys have any more hard drive related questions, please shout me out. You can find me at justin.joseph.hall at fourwindfilms.com. And in our forecast to look forward to, we have a new company that I've been talking about throughout the podcast it is called Catravant, which is Four Wind in French. And it is our sister company in Minnesota. We do LTO tapes and all other post-production needs. The reason why we started the company is that you can get 70% back on video expenditures through tax incentives through our company because of where we are located in St. Louis County in the Iron Range region, IRRRB in Northern Minnesota. We are located in Hibbing, Minnesota where Bob Dylan grew up. Some of these tax incentives are even direct rebates. Just by hiring us and hiring others in the region, you can get money back for what you spend. Once you start spending over $10,000, that's when you start qualifying for these tax incentives. All work in post can be done remote nowadays, and this is the future. And that is definitely something to look forward to. 
Thank you so much for listening to this technical podcast. Thank you again to Bobby O'Brien, who suggested me talking about hard drives. A theme song for season six is Getting It Done by Kevin McLeod. Our sound editor is Billy Joe Leighton. Our sound mixer is Ryan Trahan. Our assistant sound mixer is Hans Bilger. And I am Justin Joseph Hall, your host. This is Feature in a Short, and I will talk at you soon. Peace.